All right, howlers, let's get howling. But first, a couple quick warnings. First warning, this podcast contains adult content. Don't be a pixie. Second warning, this podcast contains spoilers for the entire Red Rising saga. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy. Email us, howlerpod at gmail.com. Visit us at www.howlerpod.com. And rate and review us five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, we will send you after Quicksilver's robots. But instead of holding a mop, you're going to be holding a real gun and they're going to kill you. <laughs> and now, Howler Pop. It is me. It's always been me, boyo. Hello, Howlers. Welcome to HowlerPod, the one and only podcast for all things Red Rising, where every episode we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising saga by Howler number one, Pierce Brown. Number one! I'm your host, Ben Reinert. I am joined today, as always, by the amazing Aaron Ayers. Hello, Howlers! All right, it's character study time. Who will enter the passage tonight? The passage of our in-depth scrutiny and judgment? Will they rise above the rest and be crowned as prime? Or will they fall short and be disgraced henceforth as a pixie? Pixie, pixie, pixie. Pixie. Who are we studying today? The daddies. The rising daddies. Rising daddies. Fitchner, Abarka, Dancer, Oferon, and... Regulus Awesome, a.k.a. Quicksilver. Yeah. Let's load up this star shell and shoot straight to our character backgrounds. Hopefully we don't shit our suits. Fitchner, Abarka, is a gold, a peerless scarred, father to Severo, the former proctor of House Mars, the Rage Knight, and Ares, the leader of the Sons of Ares. Ever heard of it? Of the Sons of Aries? Yeah. Well, I was thinking that'd be a really good wrestling introduction. <laughs> like, he's got a lot of good <laughs> wrestling titles. And heavyweight champion of the world! Not heavyweight. He's not a heavyweight. <laughs> he's not fat. <laughs> he's got a belly punch. He does have a belly punch. Let's see. Fitchner, he has flaxen brown hair, a hatchet face, just like his granddaughter. Aww. Aww. And a belly punch. He is by no means attractive, and especially not attractive by gold standards. But who's counting? <laughs> He's what you'd call a bronzy, due to his hair color and kind of shabby overall appearance. He marries a red woman named Bryn after saving her in a mining accident. She is carved legally so they can have children together. Hey, Severo. What up? And then a former gold friend of Fitchner's, now working at the Board of Quality Control, discovers the illegal union and kidnaps Bryn and the child, forcing Fitchner to choose one or the other. He chooses Severo, and Bryn is killed. This inspires Fitchner to team up with Quicksilver and bring down the whole motherfucking house. They start the Sons of Aries together. Fitchner is super snarky, loves to make crude jokes. Another reason his gold brethren look down on him. His outward appearance, manner, and attitude all serve a purpose, though. He is a shrewd and cunning strategist 
and the visionary of the rising. He's the mastermind behind the Sons of Ares and ultimately the person who chooses Darrow and helps him ascend to the top of gold society. Underneath all the gruffness and coarseness, he also possesses bravery and a deep love for those he cares about. Dude is a wolf in sheep's clothing, and he made it inside the hen house and absolutely wrecked shit in the process. Fitchner is introduced to us as the proctor of House Mars at the Institute, and he is the one who insists on drafting Darrow. He's the one that explains what the Institute is to everybody. Um, he also explains to Darrow how all the other proctors have it out for him and are straight up helping the jackal. This leads to Darrow's paradigm-changing move to take Mount Olympus. Change the paradigm. <laughs> Sometime after Darrow's victory at the Institute, but before the start of Golden Sun, he duels and beats both Proctor Jupiter and Apollonius Valii Wrath for the post of Rage Night. After the lion's reign on Mars, Darrow boards the Sovereign's ship in a suicidal move. He's about to be killed by Aja, when Fitchner reveals his true identity as Ares and jumps out the back of the ship with Darrow, saving his life. He's later killed by Cassius and then beheaded and stuck in a box and served up to Darrow when he's betrayed at his triumph. It's Fitchner in a box. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's not very nice. Daddy Fitchner. He's probably the favorite this week. What do you say? I think so, yeah. Next up, we have Dancer Ophiron. He is a red, a former hell diver, one of the leaders of the Sons of Ares, a Republic senator, and the leader of the Vox Populi. Dancer is ruggedly handsome with graying hair like some kind of gnarled old space cowboy. <laughs> space cowboy. Who do you think he looks like? Like George Clooney, but like red George Clooney? Yeah, red George Clooney. I'm good He's with that. <laughs> I like George Clooney. <laughs> He's also covered in pit viper scars, and he suffers from nerve damage as a result. His left arm hangs limp to his side, and he also walks with a limp, kind of dragging his left leg as well. Dancer is a shrewd and wise leader of the red people. He also is a fierce warrior, but does not condone the use of extremism, terrorism, or torture against enemies, unlike some people, harmony... (laughs) (coughs) He is a fair and reasonable man, but also a suspicious one, especially towards golds, like all golds. He never fully trusts them and often questions gold motives and leadership during the rising. Dancer was a helldiver for his clan. He actually managed to survive the position, unlike most helldivers. Unfortunately, he was then castrated and left for dead in the tunnels by that same clan after they found out he was gay. Ares found him in those tunnels and saved his life and gave him a new purpose with the Rising. Dancer recruits Darrow to the Rising cause and becomes a pseudo-father figure to him along the way. He was in the thick of the fighting to free Mars during the Rat Wars portion of the larger Solar War, the part that we didn't read about but heard about Mm -hmm. and he's one of the fighters that frees Lyria's clan he suffers from PTSD and nightmares as a result of his time fighting in the tunnels once Mars was declared free he became a politician senator he created the Vox Populi or the voice of the people they are socialist low color party in opposition to what Dancer saw as too much gold influence over the direction of the Republic aka Mustang (laughs) (laughs) 
Dancer is the one who ends up calling out Darrow over his decision to go through with the iron rain on Mercury after the society remnant calls for peace talks, a.k.a. it's a trap dancer, you fucking idiot. So mad at him. <laughs> like, since now you trust Colts? <laughs> yeah. This leads to an attempted arrest of Darrow and his fleeing of Luna. Then Dancer later joins forces with Mustang to send aid to Darrow trapped on Mercury after she reveals that he's being played for a pat by the syndicate and Publius. 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 Just... <laughs> How my name's Publius. <laughs> I wish that's how he talked. <laughs> Just before uh, Dancer can throw his support behind Mustang in a crucial Senate meeting, he starts to cough up blood. He collapses and vomits blood everywhere on everybody. Corona. <laughs> and he dies of poison. Actually, that's more like Ebola. That was kind of Ebola. That was very Ebola y yeah. of yeah. him. He dies of poison, kicking off the day of the Red Doves. Huzzah! Yahoo! <laughs> <laughs> Do you like how I turn horrible things into like a parade? <laughs> Who's next? Regulus Ag Sun, aka Quicksilver. Oh shit, I think I called him Awesome earlier, but I'm an Ag. Ag. He's, he's really the only silver we ever talk about. Yeah. There's that one other like silver senator and that, and then there's like the meeting of sin- silvers, but but Regulus is the only like name we ever see. Sure, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, he's the richest man in the solar system. He's literally a trillionaire. Same. That's a thousand billions. I I'm close. That's a lot of money. Um, he is the owner of Sun Industries, which manufactures everything from uh, robot sentinels to like soda pop. He's married to Darrow's former teacher, Mateo, and sees himself as the ultimate capitalist. Pew, pew, pew! (laughs) Quicksilver was the bankroll for the Sons of Ares. He paid for Darrow's carving and served as the high-color liaison for the organization. Uh, After Darrow captures him and it is revealed that he is the guy behind the guy behind the organization, he offers his service and massive resources to help Darrow out. He had previously receded underground into the shadows after Daryl was caught because Severo, uh, you know, he was like on a rampage and had lost sight of the true mission of the sons. He's just killing everybody. Yeah, he was pretty upset. I mean, I would be give too. him a break. Yeah, His dad was murdered and his best friend was stolen. And possibly murdered. Yeah. No one knows. Fitchner and Quicksilver go way back. Quicksilver was Fitchner's original employer and when... Fitchner's wife, Bryn, was murdered. Fitchner offers his indefinite servitude for Quicksilver's info on the Board of Quality Control. Thus, the Sons of Ares are born. His current whereabouts are, quote-unquote, unknown. But he's most likely at the Oculus doing Quicksilver things. We're not sure what all that all entails at this point, but he appears to be a major player moving forward. This Is, is this our first, like... I'm not dead character for these character studies. Everyone um, else has been dead. Has everybody else been dead? Orion, Roke, and who? who's our second episode on? Ragnar and Sefi. Oh, yeah. Everybody. Everyone's dead. Quicksilver. Congrats, Quicksilver. You're our first alive person. <laughs> now we can actually have future predictions. <laughs> All right. Now, Heather, our historical researcher, uh, has written this up for us. 
She says, as the original founder of the Sons of Aries and father of a rising legend who ultimately eclipses him, Fitchner Albarca shares stark characteristics with Hamilcar Barca, a Carthaginian general famous for his military prowess in the First Punic War and leadership thereafter. Like Fitchner, Hamilcar Barca found himself, along with the rest of Carthage, under the dominion of a tyrannical force, Rome, but instead of submitting, he chose to stealthily rebel. The Punic word Barca literally means lightning in reference to Hamilcar's guerrilla tactics in the First Punic War, and Fitchner's furtive actions throughout Red Rising and Golden Sun are certainly reminiscent of a guerrilla warfare both in the realm of politics and battle. Although Carthage was eventually defeated, Hamilcar Barca's ability to deceive his enemies while inspiring Carthaginians to, to fight for what they believed to be justice still paved the way for numerous victories. His actions transformed the status of the Barkid family in Carthage, facilitating ascendance up the social hierarchy and thereby elevating his son Hannibal, you've heard of Hannibal, right, into a position of leadership going forward. This creation of a dynasty echoes the relative modesty of House Barca in Red Rising. Its metamorphosis under Fitchner and practical deification under Severo once the secret identity of Ares was revealed, House Barca becomes a true foundation for the rising, similarly adopting an air of greatness and respectability. In my opinion, a.k.a. Heather's opinion, Fitchner Albarca, like Hamilcar, was meant to start the revolution his son would ultimately bring into fruition, although hopefully Severo has much more success in saving the Republic than Hannibal had with Carthage. Mm. LOL. <laughs> I added the LOL. <laughs> Heather continues here with Dancer's historical connections. She says... While red culture is renowned for its momentum, daily rhythm, and drunken dancing, Dancer's name is also appropriate in that it likely alludes to the one forbidden dance that symbolizes uprising against the society. Thus, his very being seems to directly contradict the oppressive rule of the society, making him a perfect father of the rising. The surname Ferran comes from the Old English iron, and that pretty much sums up his existence. Dancer defies the norms of dying young and succeeds wildly in training the protege who ultimately breaks the chains. Despite having to hide a major part of himself, his homosexuality, from the people he sacrificed so much for, Dancer still manages to become the voice of low colors as a senator for the Solar Republic. He admits his airings when faced with the true identity of the Duke of Hands and pragmatically changes his tune to present unity with Mustang, despite their differences, for the sake of Daryl and Mercury. His behavior is absolutely iron gold. Still, iron does rust, and rust is red, just like Dancer. Dude. Well done, Heather. That was so poetic. <laughs> She's good. Shit, girl. <laughs> All right. Now I'll read Regulus Ag Sons, Historical Connection by Heather. She says, Quicksilver is such an interesting, not necessarily likable character. His first name, Regulus, is Latin for Little King, while... King clearly demonstrates Quicksilver's immense authority. The use of the diminutive little implies that his power is conditional, dependent on external factors, just like a child is dependent upon a parent. This linguistic choice manifests in the way Regulus Ag's son rules from behind. 
His control of the media all occurs in the shadows, where he also tends to arrange and dissolve all sorts of questionable alliances. His power stems from his money, which he invests in causes and technology he believes will ultimately bolster his influence. While the Sons of Ares and the Rising probably would have failed without him, Quicksilver's contributions came in the form of capital, money which insulated him from the society's potential retribution far better than Fitchner's idealistic dream and Dancer's defiance. He certainly pulls the strings of many critical organizations and people, but he does so through middlemen, thereby avoiding any real risk to himself. With his business enterprise, Quicksilver is able to bend gravity to his will, influencing figures from the society and the rising alike, just as the sun indirectly controls the entire solar system. Mm. This parallel could be the logic behind Quicksilver's last name, Sun. Quicksilver has continuously used his affluence to advance the principles of the rising, but he self-identifies as a capitalist above all and has been a bug in the ointment of the Solar Republic. By the end of Dark Age, it appears that Quicksilver may finally be pulling through for Darrow on Oculus, but as always, his plans remain obscure at best. While Fitchner, Dancer, and Quicksilver were very different people. Each father figure brought unique assets and opportunities to the rising that clearly fostered world-shattering symbiosis. Can we applaud, Heather? I know. Just shout out. Just everybody do a little golf clap. She's so good. Wherever you are. She'll feel it. We're not We're not giving that kind of writing here. We're like more into jokes. <laughs> I'm more into like <laughs> not doing any real work <laughs> and just drinking and talking about books. <laughs> So thank you, Heather. <laughs> Those are excellent. Um, I really enjoyed the sun part of Quicksilver's, and I really enjoyed the iron. I didn't know that about Ferran, that it meant iron in Old English, and that really fits really well with Dancer, I feel like. And iron rests. Yeah, that was that was awesome. Whoa. I feel like she should write for Pierce Brown. <laughs> 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 hey, Pierce, take a break. We got Heather. <laughs> No, we need her to work for us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Pierce. Don't listen to this. All right. That brings us to the legacy section. Yes, let's talk about these characters' legacies. First, let's start with some strengths and some weaknesses. All three of these characters really complement each other, especially in their roles within The Rising. We've got Fitchner. He's, like, sneaky. He's devious. He's, like, a wolf in sheep's clothing among the golds like we talked about you got to have you got to have that inside agent you know so you have a pulse like he gets really close to the sovereign he becomes the rage knight at one point and he's like that's huge he's like born identity right yeah he's like our secret agent he's like tom cruise sure he is tom cruise We'll give you that. We love Tom Cruise. We do. (laughs) 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 But he doesn't have all the connections that he needs because most of the golds are like, this guy is a shabby piece of shit. Yeah, and they they like look down on him because he's not pretty and fake. and That helps him in one way because they underestimate him. But in another way, it kind of blocks his path for upward mobility, Um, even though he still does pretty good with that. He goes really far. But he really does that on his own because he's a good duelist and he beats some pretty hardcore motherfuckers for that Rage Knight position. He's slippery just like Severo. Right. And have you ever wondered why, like, why carve Darrow? Why not 
Carve Fitchner. You know, why not like become Darrow, the like Darrow version of yourself, but with your insight. Maybe he needed to be like pulling the string. Yeah, I think he's like got himself in a position in society to the point where he can manipulate things secretively and then he needs a new chaos agent in, in Darrow to really break it all apart. Um, and then we've got Dancer. He's you know our consistent. He's wise, um, but he's got those trust issues. He's probably earned trust issues, but still, they hold him back at points and hold the rising back at certain points as well because he you know just doesn't want to go along with everything that like Mustang's plans or something. So it's good to have a person in the room that's questioning stuff always, uh, but sometimes. AKA when you call out Darrow for his decisions and call him like a warmonger and then he's almost arrested and he has to flee the moon. You fucked up dancer. Yeah. That becomes a problem. Um, and then we've got Quicksilver. He's super rich. He's got all the resources out the wazoo, but it's super risky for him to get caught. So he can't lead from the front. Cause like Heather was saying, he's very like soft power from behind using middlemen. He's the money bags. Yes. Everyone needs money bags. And he's always got to cover his tracks because if he gets caught and shit gets upturned, then you've got a real out-and-out war at that point because Quicksilver would have to defend himself and he would be up against all of the golds because they'd be like, who the fuck is this silver? We hate this guy. richest person in the (laughs) world, all worlds. I got to interject. I love that the... um, the fathers of the rising, they're not just all reds. Like mm-hmm. the sons of Aries, you think of as a, a red rebellion movement. Um, but it's a melting pot of fathers. Mm-hmm. And then you bring in um, powerful golds like Mustang and the Telemannises. And then um, the Obsidians, you bring in the queen of the Valkyrie. So you, the only uh, reason the rising works is because they're not, it's not just the reds pushing up on the ceiling. They have everyone fighting together. So I love that the founders of the rising are all different colors. They have all different backgrounds, Mm -hmm. but they're the ones who shaped the whole thing. It's pretty cool. Right. And we've got to remember how jarring it was for reds like dancer and harmony to find out that Aries was actually a gold. So it's like an almost an impossible thought, you know? Yeah, Especially like why would a gold time. like help the Reds break gold society? Right. But I mean, they didn't think of golds necessarily as as human like like they felt like they were because they never thought of a gold like loving a red. Right. You know? Or capable of that. Right. So Harmony obviously <laughs> went the wrong way, <laughs> but I think it's great that even though Dancer had his faults and didn't die on an upswing, that he still helped shape the rising. And even when he found out there were golds, he still stayed with it and like stuck by the reds and, and tried to lift them up still. Right, yeah. You have to think that he was, he was 10 years in at that point. He had put 10 years of work in the Sons of Aries and did not know that Aries was a gold uh, until that moment. And so... That would be really jarring. And he talks about how that's an issue for him at first. Uh, But because of who Dancer is, he's able to work through it, unlike Harmony, who sucks and goes off and creates the red hand. And she 
did. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. And she will not be getting a character study because she sucks. Well, yeah. What were we going to say? She sucks. She sucks. <laughs> she, she got her face burnt and then she sucked. <laughs> okay. So that was kind of their strengths and weaknesses and how they all work together, how they benefit each other. They obviously had a major impact on the story and especially our main characters. Two father figures here in Fitchner and Dancer for Darrow and Severo, really, obviously, actual father figure. Which is so cute. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you uh, love when you find out? Oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, it makes sense now. Everything makes sense. It's fun to when you know to go back and read the original uh, book, original book one. Right. Someone said that on the Instagram. Right. And you see their interactions with each other. And it's like, oh, that is a dad and a son interacting. <laughs> He's basically like, fuck you, Fitchner. Why aren't you helping us? So who did they impact? The impact is obvious, right? Yeah, they had a mass- massive impact on, obviously, our main character, Darrow. They're the whole reason he even gets the chance to fulfill Eo's dream. And really, like, Dancer has a huge role in that because... He talks Darrow into this. Like, Darrow is not on board. Um, And they each kind of have this specific skill set that helps Darrow along in his path to taking down the society. And they're all, except for Quick, Dancer and Fitchner are really more father-like figures. Right. And then Quicksilver is still the money bags. (laughs) (laughs) He's never really like a father figure. But Mateo becomes Quicksilver's husband, becomes a close friend to Darrow and is also part of the reason. But like who is, you know, giving Darrow his resources throughout the entire series. Like anytime Darrow needs something, he's going to Quicksilver and Quicksilver is helping him out. Also, the only reason he is a gold is because Quick paid for it. Sure. Thanks, Quick. Yeah, so it's Quick's money bags. You know, um, Dancer's emotional support, really, is he helps Daryl through all of his mo- like most emotional and hard moments, especially early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fitchner does as well, but he's much more... Fitchner's much more of like teaching him how to be like the military leader or whatever and helping him to get to that position. Think strategically and how to get himself up up into the gold society and what he needs to do from there. So what are the predictions for the future? Yeah, this is a point where we can really talk about Quicksilver. Well, first of all, what are your predictions for Fitchner and Dancer? They're dead. They're de- Oh, they're dead. Yeah, they've actually died. They both were murdered. <laughs> That's true. Murdered. <laughs> all right. It's a dangerous game. So Quicksilver, what... What's Oculus? What's well, happening out like, there? Like, what's up with that? What do you think's up with it? I think it's a like super cool like ship society. It's like a whole new world, but it's like a ship. But you it's think a there's planet. people. Are there people out there? Or is I it all just robots? I bet there's a lot of robots, but I bet there's people. Mateo's definitely out there. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but I bet there's like some helping hands are the is it robot army is that what you're gonna go with like what do you think you mean like i robot will smith style i don't know or like those floating robots that try and kill maybe like 
Westworld style, like people looking <laughs> robots. There we go. I I think that the Jackal clone is not a clone. He's a robot. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> that'd be great. No, I don't think that because he's a little bitch. And if he was a robot, he wouldn't be a little bitch. Um, I definitely think there are uh, resources that Quicksilver has. I don't know if it's a robot army, but I'm pretty sure Oculus is like a full like planet made yeah, it's out a, it's of like a city made out space. of yeah. steel, basically. Yeah. It's That's a big what space I station. Um, so like I it's just the Death Star, but good. Right. What is his goal? Do you think? I think his goal <laughs> is to make money. <laughs> <laughs> You're really going out on a limb there. <laughs> he he doesn't seem like terribly motivated toward. Obviously, he's on the rising side, but not if it... Is it obvious that he's on the rising side? Well, he is on their side a little. He's part of their political system now. He's not, like, running off to the golds to be enslaved. He seems pretty annoyed with the Republic, though. He Well, because he's a capitalist, <laughs> and he doesn't care about the <laughs> voice of the people. Right. I think he he wants everyone to possibly buy his war products. Yeah, I mean, he's got to be making a lot of money off of this war, for sure. You know what I mean? Um, it's interesting. I'm not sure what his motives are other than profits, and it's hard to say that that's his ultimate goal, you know? It's not like... I mean, he is a person. He loves Mateo. He clearly, like, has revolutionary ideas a little bit. Right, but why is he, like, giving Mustang so much shit and... Building Oculus and like, does he just want to like float off into outer space and go away from the solar system? I think because she's she's part of like the Conquer Golds and he's ready to. So it's spite. Just get rid of all the Golds. Uh. No, I I think you know all of her decisions are costing him a lot of money, so that's why he fights back against her. And but is she, that like literally all he cares about? I just feel like he's got to have another goal other than that. You know. But uh, Mustang even says in her chapters in um, Dark Age that all the silvers, all they care about is the money. I mean, that's what they are. They're silvers. They like they're trained to be accountants. Sure. You know, so they're focused on the money. So he's he's trying to set everyone up for success, mostly himself with money. I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited to figure it out. I wonder, too, if he'll have a bigger role or if he's just another, like, kind of background player. I don't think he's going to ever have a big role. It'll be a a similar role to what he's already done, you know, just a couple scenes here and there. But they're going to be crucial scenes where he's, like, providing important resources or important information to our heroes. Um, Hope so. I'm thinking he's going to interact with Lyria here. She's going to Oculus, right? Well, isn't she going after Volga? But she was going to go to Oculus first to get her parasite fix. Yeah. So, also another question about Quicksilver. Why is he so into eyes? Like, what's up with that? Like the Oculus. Well, he's got the Oculus. He's got the eye ring. Pretty sure there's. He's one got the floating orb. Yeah. Is that an eyeball? He's got weird eyes. I pictured it on. as an eyeball. <laughs> Who's 
gold eyeball do you think he has in his his ring? Octavia? That'd be cool. I want to know. You should ask Pierce, because I don't think anyone knows. <laughs> do you think Pierce even knows? I don't, I'm sure he does. Maybe he's like, intrigue, we'll figure this out. Maybe it's like a former lover or something like that that he was pissed at. No, I don't think he would lay with a gold. <laughs> 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 I don't think he likes golds. Anyways, Quicksilver, we look forward to figuring out what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you guys have Quicksilver predictions... I want something solid. Give me something good. Like I want to know solid motive for what he's up to. He's he's running the Death Star. I think that's a really good prediction. So what? It's going to be like a giant laser weapon that he's going to blow up Venus or something? Mercury after Darrow is well, Darrow is That's off genocidal. I don't think we can support that. <sighs> You're so like <laughs> into rules. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I want to know why he's so into eyes. So if anybody has any thoughts on that, Heather, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to our prime five. Our top five best character moments for Fitchner Dancer and Quicksilver. Let's start with Quicksilver. We've got one moment for him. We thought of like the best one. He doesn't have a lot of <laughs> scenes. So uh, this is when he's... Uh, captured by Severo and Darrow and the Howlers. They've kind of beat Mateo up a little bit. They were in his tower, and remember, they had to blow the glass and do the floaty out the window move. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they got quick, and now he's in a cell, and they're, like, standing in the dark questioning him. And uh, this is the moment where we find out that Quick isn't actually a bad guy, He's a Sons of Ares, mm. and he's like the Sons of Ares. He, like, with Fitchner, started it. So first, Darrow recognizes Mateo, and he asks Quick where Mateo was six years ago, and Quick knows exactly how Mateo trained Darrow to be a gold. Mm. And Darrow's immediately like, he's the Sons of Ares. Yeah, he's like, whoa. He's, like, totally in. But Severo's like, really, bro? Really, you're going to believe this little silver piece of shit? Yeah, he hated him. So then they ask him another question. And Daryl's like, if you know the answer to this and you haven't used it against us, then you're definitely a Sons of Aries. He says, where is Tinos? And Quick not only knows the exact coordinates, but he actually designed it, paid for it, and built it. And, like, covered it up in the system and covered all that Covered it up. Yeah. like. He he like he's like I am Tinos, bro. <laughs> Tinos <laughs> belongs to me. You're welcome. So this is a great Quicksilver moment where you're like, "Whoa, dude, money bags! Thank you so much." And it also leads to a really great Darrow Severo moment because that's when they have their like scuffle in their the hallway. Bro fight. Yeah, their bro fight. Is that a great moment? At first, it's kind of like, "Come on, guys." And then, and then it's sweet. Yeah, it's extremely, it's a really good moment. But at first you're like, come on guys. (laughs) They got to fight it out. And then they have like the emotional release and then they're on the same page. And Darrow's howler number one again. Such a boy thing. (laughs) You just don't understand, Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's do Dancer next. Dancer. He has a couple great moments. We have a couple picked out for him here. He probably has more than two, but we can only do five total. So Right. Um, I'm going to pick out of the two. I really love the moment when 
he decides to join forces with Mustang in Dark Age. And they've like presented all the evidence to him. He's like pissed at first because he thinks they're trying to blackmail him. But then they're like, no, dude, Jill, we're just like, this is actually what's going on. And Dancer's like, okay, okay, I'm not going to let this go down. We're going to get these motherfuckers. And he says, I got a lot of hate in me. Got a lot of fear that you won't ever understand. But none of it's for you, Virginia. If our enemies think we'll devour each other, nah. Today, my sovereign is the lion heart. And tomorrow, she will have my votes. We will rescue the free legions. I remember reading this first time, and I was just like, ah! Let's do this. And now you're like, will you? <laughs> and now I just feel like a complete jackass. Well, clown you face. Clown. You're a clown. <laughs> We're reading that. Pierce makes us all clowns. <laughs> That's a great moment. That's really like his last moment. It really, it makes up for that awful, awful moment in Iron Gold because like you're so mad at him in Iron Gold, especially when he's like calling out Darrow after all these years and like how much Daryl reveres them, how close they are with each other. And like, yes, dancer has a point. Okay. He has a fucking (laughs) point, but at the same time, it's like you said, now you're going to trust the word of golds. Like Julia Avalona, she doesn't have any, uh, ulterior motives. Yeah. Like what? Oh, now you (laughs) like golds, not the ones who have been like your friends. I mean, yeah, like like I said, I can understand where he's coming from, but at the end of the day, like it's Daryl, man. This is Daryl, the guy that you raised up it, from nothing. D- yeah, Dancer, it's your fucking fault that he's doing an Iron Rain. You made him. <laughs> that part was pretty frustrating. So this, when he gets back on board with Mustang, and is like, okay, yes, we're gonna save Daryl. You're just like, yes, let's do this. Like we finally got Dancer back on board. It feels good again. And then obviously your heart gets ripped out about two chapters later. So let's go, Pierce Brown. <laughs> Stomps on hearts. <laughs> Next up for dancer, um, one of like I think the most daddy moments mm-hmm. for dancer is when he convinces Darrow to become Darrow. So this is after um, they take Darrow down from the noose and revive him, and dancer first off is bringing him up the lift to see the real world for the first time. Dancer comforts Darrow. He tells him that Eo didn't die in vain, that they released the footage and she's already a symbol of hope for her people. And then Dancer convinces Darrow that he should strive for justice instead of vengeance. And Dancer says to Darrow, you must widen your gaze. And then he shows him the city. He says, we are deceived. So he kind of is like, the, the shepherd that brings Darrow into the light and, right. and is like, don't just focus on Nero and your revenge. Focus on justice for everybody. Right. I love that line, we are deceived. And then just like the whole city comes out and, and Darrow's looking upon it. And it's such a great, such a great moment, especially early on in the Red Rise, uh, the original book. And, um, yeah, like Dancer is plays such a huge part in convincing Darrow to actually take up this cause and like you said really feel it and not just for, it's not just for revenge, it's like this is um more than just your revenge. It's a it's like break the chains type shit. Let's do this. It's great. 
Uh, Dancer's friends with Uncle Nerol. Don't forget, because Nerol, before Daryl hangs himself, is like, say hi to Dancer. You'll know who, who he is. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's that other red there, Ralph, that we never see again. Ra- fucking Ralph. <laughs> Do you guys remember? There's a Ralph. There's legit. Harmony's Ralph. like, thanks, Ralph. Ralph the and Red. And then Ralph never, ever <laughs> surfed. Do you think in book six we'll get a re- resurfacing just, of I Ralph? Hope, yeah, I hope he comes back one day. I hope Ralph is like, oh, what happened to Harmony? <laughs> she was such a bitch. <laughs> Yeah. Nice one, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ralph, you're cool. <laughs> yeah. You can stay with us. <laughs> All right, let's uh, finish up with Fitchner here. We've got two moments picked out for Fitchner. Obviously, I think there are just pretty a much thousand. any time that Fitchner's on screen, it's pretty great. Fitchner is a fan favorite and yeah. definitely the best daddy. Yes, but I think we picked out probably two of my, my two favorite moments, personally. Um, the first one is when he is... He debuts as the Rage Knight. Um, this is right after the Gala Gala. And the whole Augustus clan is trying to get to their ships. Darrow's leading the way. And then, like, out Boom. of nowhere, yeah, fucking Rage Knight pops down. And like Fitchner's when Iron Man hits the ground. <laughs> yeah, he does the hero thing. One fist down. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he's like telling Daryl, like, we, yeah, we got to take you back or whatever. And he's like asking for a representative or something, right? Yeah. And then the jackal pops up. He's like, I'll do it. <laughs> and he just goes, mm, pass. You're creepy. And then hits him like a stun mm. fist. <laughs> mm, pass. You're creepy. Shoots him. <laughs> Fucking jackal. That is like the best thing that's ever happened to any of us. I know. It's just such a great moment. He's like, hmm, fast. You're creepy. <laughs> Everything he said was a laugh out loud moment, especially during that whole scene. <laughs> it gets better later on, too, when he's Darrow's at the doing the Oracle thing and Fitchner's there. And he, he's like telling Darrow about how the sovereign tried to do it to him and he just told her to shove it up her ass pretty much which <laughs> is badass he's like nah <laughs> and she still let him be the rage knight he's a bad motherfucker like i wonder how he got that position without being willing to do the creepy scorpion thing yeah so um one of the most heartwarming exciting moments i think oh man um probably like the moment of the books probably and she's like fetch okay so this next moment is the revealing of aries to darrow it's like so heartwarming and you're like yeah just such a major moment so this is when darrow um he ran onto octavia's ship it was the suicidal leap um and he basically is about to get killed he's already killed carnus Darrow did. And then Octavia's like, enough of this. Fucking kill him. We can pretend to hang him again later. And uh, Fitchner whispers to him. He says, it's me, boyo. It's always been me. And then he does the grenade and jumps out of the ship howling. And he carries Darrow to safety. And you're like, huzzah! (laughs) Major fucking huzzah at that point. (laughs) Such a huzzah. That is like truly (laughs) what huzzah means. (laughs) 
I, lo- I just love like Daryl looking up. And he's like dead, basically. Yeah. He's been knocked around. And then he just like jumps out, throws a grenade, and releases the wolf howl. Woo. So good. And Octavia's like, motherfucker. <laughs> <Fetch her! laughs> She's so pissed. Hey, maybe he should have killed Aja in that moment. That would have been cool. I mean, he did throw a grenade back into the ship. I'm just saying, can somebody kill her sooner? <laughs> She's Aja, man. Jeez. Those are all great moments from all our characters. Obviously, Fitchner has many more yes. that we can't fit in here. Thanks, daddies. Hashtag rising daddies. Okay. That takes us to our final segment. Prime or Pixie? Did Fitchner, Dancer, and Quicksilver survive the Howlerpod passage of in-depth scrutiny and judgment? Let's find out. All right. We're going to make the case for and against Quicksilver. The case for. He bankrolled the entire Rising, and it literally never gets off the ground without him. The case against. He has pretty questionable motives and may be working against our heroes, possibly. We don't know. Aaron, Quicksilver, Prime or Pixie? He's Prime. Ooh. He's the. You need the money bags. Yeah. You need the Monopoly man. I am also going to say Prime for now, but I'm reserving judgment until after book six. Okay. He could be a pixie still. Fair. He or he could turn out to be, but right now he's Prime. Right now he is Prime. And he's based got, on the information that he's I have. Got fucking robots, dude. That's pretty Prime. <laughs> I am robots. Like I'm not Nero. I'm not scared of robots. I, I do respect robotics. Robotics. I, I would love a robot to be my friend. Yeah. Like the Iron Giant. Yeah, I need like a Sentinel robot. Just like the Iron Giant's great. Was that right? Yeah. Pulled that on <laughs> Did you know who voices the Iron Giant? No. Vin Diesel. No, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. That makes me not <laughs> like him as much. <laughs> what? <laughs> he has a re- he just like a, a regular voice. He doesn't do like a Vin Diesel voice, so it doesn't sound like him at all. I had no idea. But it is Vin Diesel. Wow. Yeah. Well, it was before he was like Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel. Can I pick a different robot? <laughs> <laughs> the Iron Giant's badass. How about Bumblebee? I like Bumblebee. Uh, he's fine. He's cute. This movie sucked, though. I don't like the movie. I mean, I like I like Bumblebee in the Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> 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 Did you know Shia LaBeouf legit lost two fingers filming Transformers and they made new fingers for him out of the flesh from his ass? I did not know that. <laughs> Pretty crazy, right? I didn't know they. It could was do like that. a a motorcycle accident or something. Huh. He's got ass fingers. <laughs> ass fingers, kind wow. of like the Ash Lord. That's interesting. All right, let's go on to Danster. The case four. He's the wise old cowboy and father figure to Darrow, who helps him embrace his ultimate mission of fulfilling Eo's dream. The case against. He's a socialist bastard (laughs) (laughs) who exposed Darrow and accused him of being a warmonger, leading to the attempted arrest and flight of Darrow and death of Wolfgar and then Tongueless. (laughs) I'm not sure that we can put that. Wolfgar death on on dancer, but that I mean, it wouldn't happen for all intents and purposes. If Daryl sure. wasn't fleeing, also he was fucking the Duke of Hands. <laughs> not good. The enemy, bro. <laughs> Don't let the enemy into your bed. That's Everyone knows not, that. That's not a great look. No matter what, even if you didn't know, it's just not a good look. Okay, Ben, Primer Pixie. 
I'm going to say Prime. Wow, yeah. Even though he he let us down a lot in Iron Gold, I think he makes up for it by the end. And he was so integral to Darrow's development in the first three books that ultimately that's what makes him Prime. I'm going to go with Pixie. Wow. <laughs> um, the reason is he started off Prime... But I think because of his trust issues and his unwillingness to be open and honest with Mustang and um, Darrow and even Darrow's mom, mm-hmm. come on, that he leads to basically a shit ton of people dying, including himself. So Pixie, sorry, not sorry. Tough but fair. Tough but fair. <laughs> And I think Fitcher's going to be a tough <laughs> yeah. one for me. Okay, it's case four. He's a snarky badass. He burned the entire system down from the inside to avenge the murder of his wife. The case against? Uh, I guess he was a contract killer prior Kinda. to becoming Ares. I so, don't care. So he maybe was killing, that was bad. He was killing golds that Quicksilver didn't like. And they could have been good people. They could have also sucked. So they were probably bare minimum space racists. Bare minimum. <laughs> so Fitcher, I say prime. Prime. So we got prime, prime slash pixie, and, and prime. Prime. Wow. Wow. We're really nice to the fathers. <laughs> we were. <laughs> Except for all, me. All right. You know what it's time for? What are we into this week? Aaron, what are you into this week? I'm into a pretty horrible documentary. It's a great documentary about a horrible person. Mm-hmm. Um, so warning, this could be a trigger warning if you um, don't like watching murder documentaries, I guess. Uh, it's about the Golden State Killer or the East Area Rapist, same person. It's called I'll Be Gone in the Dark. It's on HBO. Um, and it's basically about Michelle McNamara. She's a prevalent crime blogger and writer. She passed away in 2016, um, but she basically was the reason this man was caught. So um, a lot of the documentary is about her and her research, but it's also about his murders and rapes and how fucked up this guy is. So... It's called I'll Be Gone in the Dark, six-part documentary series on HBO. Ben, what are you into this week? I've read that book. It's very good. Um, I'm into a movie on Hulu called Palm Springs. It is basically Groundhog Day, but a romantic comedy. And it stars Andy Samberg. And it's super funny, very sweet. And it kind of plays on that twist of people stuck in a time loop where they're reliving the same day over and over and over again. Like Groundhog Day? <laughs> like Groundhog Day. <laughs> it's no way. <laughs> and it's just about two people that are at a wedding. Um, oh, they, they start, have to go to a wedding over and over? They start li- living the same day over and over again. Man. Um, and it's really funny, really sweet, and I really, really, really enjoyed it. It's one of the better movies I've seen this year. What's it on again? It's on Hulu. Okay. Palm Springs. Um, can I also say follow-ups to my previous What Are We In Choose? Sure. I finally finished the Lightbringer series by Brent Weeks. Um, the Burning White is the last book, and it was really good, and I just wanted to re-recommend <laughs> it. And I wanted to say that Brent Weeks, and I know you've you've gotten on to me about not reading 
Pierce Brown's acknowledgments mm-hmm. because I was, I realized I was listening to the burning white. Um, and after the book is over, the narrator reads the acknowledgments and <laughs> in the audiobooks for red rising, the book stops yeah. like at the last word of the book. Right. And this has been a production of audible. So if it's not my fault that Tim Gerard Reynolds didn't read me the wow. acknowledgments, so therefore, it's not my fault. You gotta but blame Tim. I will say Brent Weeks' acknowledgments, and I, I listened to them all for for all of these books. Mm-hmm. They're really fucking funny. Yeah. And I I freaking love Brent Weeks. You get, you get to see a little bit of a uh, little personality, author personality in those. He's sure. like at the end, it's like if you're one of those crazy readers that reads to the last page, he's like, here's a little tidbit, and then he like gives <laughs> you a little bit more of the book, oh, like nice. a little like, <laughs> you know. A few months later. I like that. Um, And then one more thing. Ben, like episode 30 or something, suggested looking at the Red Rising Reddit. Mm. But I wanted to say I recently stayed up late on the Red Rising Reddit. (laughs) I don't really use Reddit to like comment or upvote or anything, but I like to read everything. So I'm stalking you guys. But there's some some great like... um, one of them was um, Howler's like Daryl versus uh, how would Daryl face versus the protagonist of other series, oh, and that fun. was a really fun yeah. thread. And the main thing they talk about is um, the Blackthorn from the Stormlight Archive. Mm. So I also read that book. So that was a fun one to read. So just like do a deep dive on the Red Rising Reddit. It's a great way to spend time. <laughs> Could he handle Darrow changing the paradigm, though? It's it's hard because the Blackthorn is like a great leader and fighter, and wow. the the problem is he's not like genetically <laughs> modified <laughs> like Darrow. So everyone kind of was like, "Well, Darrow would probably bigger, win. faster, stronger." All right, what's coming up next week on Howler Pod? The not trader herself, Holiday T Nakamura. Oh. This will be. <laughs> A fight to the death. Contentious. Ben Maybe. won't make it out alive. <laughs> I'm going to kill Ben. It's the return of Ben's conspiracy corner. That was. Uh, you should insert real music. <laughs> that was great. You don't think that was good enough? It was great. Holiday. <laughs> we'll probably talk a little about Trig and Mustang. I'm sure. Um, she's great. I love Holiday. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have Holiday thoughts. About how she's a traitor. Make sure to email those in. No, if you have holiday thoughts <laughs> about how she's not a traitor and she's a great mercenary. <laughs> how she's a great bodyguard for Mustang and she's the only reason Mustang's alive, basically. It's fine. <laughs> All right, Howlers, send it in. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at HowlerPod. Check out the Etsy store. It's coming back soon, pending COVID delays. We'll see. I'll tell you. Email us for Howler Q&A at HowlerPod at gmail.com. Tell us about your thoughts on holiday. Call us. Leave a voicemail. 1-800-516-1540. We would love to play some holiday voicemails next week, so please call in. either Nakamura. You can throw in some trig. Do whatever you want. We can talk about Shrig, too. Sure. YOLO. Find the links for all this on HowlerPod.com. 
tell a friend about the podcast and about the books. Send someone a book. Just buy it. They're cheap. It's fine. Paperback. Please rate and review us. Five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then we will tell you you're creepy and shoot you with a pulse fist <laughs> in the chest. Thanks to Heather, our uh, wise and wonderful researcher, for all her hard work researching all three characters this week and their historical connections. All right. Thanks, Howlers. Omnisphere Lupus. Oh. Oh.